Oh, look at that. We're recording. Ooh, what are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at us because we're Skyping. Oh, uh, neat. God, I'm rusty. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this kind of, this is a bad beginning. Um, so well we we need a couple false starts probably 100 percent. um so we once had a podcast that was very political and now uh it's been what two years has it been two years yeah i think i think about two years we have since we have done our our very political very political podcast that we are no longer doing yeah because you know life is already crazy who needs all that um and now, uh, yeah, that was, a- but I realized the amount of men that had podcasts and I love that TikTok meme thing, uh, where they're like, it's another white guy with a podcast. And I thought if they can have a podcast, then why can't we do another podcast? You know, I can, I, I, I see you that internet video and I will raise you. Another one where I saw this very, I don't know, he looks like 22-year-old, like, alpha bro, who was like, girls don't have hobbies. I've never met a girl who had a hobby. Like, why don't guys have, or why don't girls have real hobbies? Like, starting podcasts. And I was like, bro, I've started, like, four. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, uh, we're doing it. You're just not listening to it because you're a man, which is fine. I really like when they define hobbies as things they like. I'm like, so wait, do you mean why don't specific girls that I picture in my head have the exact same hobbies I have? Yeah. The people, people are different because people are different, buddy. I'm not like other people. Um, I'm not, you know, that, you know what? If someone told me you're not like other people, that's not offensive. No, no, it's not. Not for Immediately me. Immediately not offensive. Then I, I mean, I would be concerned that like their follow up would be like, "Are you okay?" That would definitely <laughs> be their follow up. So, um, so we decided that we're going to come back with a fiery passion, and that passion is canceling people, mm-hmm. or canceling, canceling or. Potentially uncanceling. Uncanceling, yeah, because we have no expertise and we're Mm -hmm. just two white women who are literally the most dangerous of the population. (laughs) But yeah, 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 yeah. we've got some, we've got some tears we can employ just any time. Oh, God. Oh, God. And luckily, I don't want to speak to a manager because I don't like talking to people, but I'm white. And I'm a woman, so I'm already a, a problem. I should be canceled. I'm just saying. See, I think that uh, I do have that power, um, and I'm not afraid to wield it. And I tell people all the time that you have to Karen for good. Oh, because yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with asking for the manager if something has gone awry. If something is unfair or unjust, by God, you did you see? Okay, oh God, did you see go. that um, the flight? The, oh, you know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. The lady. Where someone got horribly ill, oh. and they were trapped on the plane for like hours and hours and hours, like eight hours, nine hours, something like that. Did you see this? No, I haven't. I know. Oh yeah, someone had. I mean, obviously, this poor person. They did reboard, and they the, this sick person still went, I believe, but they had like diarrhea. Like, oh 
pulled down the plane. Oh. And then, like, yeah, it was bad. Um, so then they told them they could either depart or they could wait. And, like, they had to fly back to the original airport, which was, like, in Atlanta. And I think they were up your direction. And then they were back in Atlanta. And then um, they got stuck on this plane for, like, nine hours or something fucking stupid. And the they – I – I, I commented on there because the woman who was up at the front desk, like it's a whole group of all these passengers and this woman who's up at the front desk, I believe she was an ER nurse mm. and she was fucking handling shit. She was handling her business. And I was like, I don't know if they elected her the spokesperson, but she is perfect. She was eloquent. She was clear. She was concise and she was powerful. And that's what I'm talking about. Like there's nothing wrong with demanding, uh, uh, you know, attention or help or compensation if you've been injured in some way. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just when you take it to a place where you are entitled to something that no other human being should be. Like, you know, it's when oh, it's yeah. like, oh, I've decided you don't belong here or, or something mm-hmm. uh, racist or all the other things. All the things. Uh, but there are times when it's like, no, you need to, you need to talk to a manager once in a while. <laughs> I love it. You need to. You need to talk to a manager. Um, okay. I do. Well, I shouldn't say this, but. Oh, God. Sometimes I tell people who are clients at an organization I may be affiliated with that they also need to advocate for themselves. Oh, yeah. You got to advocate for yourself. Like, I have no power, but. But you do. You should call this number. That's what I used to tell my students. And you should be a little snarky. Just, just be a little snarky. I used to tell my students when I was a teacher, um, teachers can't change anything, but you know who can? Your parents. So I would say, here's the email of the person you need uh-huh. to talk to. Take a picture of that. Give it to your parents. Because I can't yep. advocate, yep. but they could. So. Yeah. No, I, and I, I give people some tips too. I'm like, look, be kind, ask or looking for that person to help you. Yeah. And I was like, and be clear about what you want and persistent that you get it taken care of. You don't need to be an asshole. If you come in with asshole energy, no one wants to help you. That's true. But you do have to be persistent and firm. And firm. All right, so I want you to yeah. go first because, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it takes medicine. Anyway. um, That's fine. Actually, I might need you to pause for a sec because I want to get another drink. I'm empty. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know. How are you not prepared? No, so you were saying. I, I was- know. The people you were going to... Uh, okay, so originally I thought you were going to cancel. Are you still canceling or are you uncanceling? I am... I'm I'm uncanceling. Okay. Cause on behalf of all society. I, I went back and forth and back and forth. I was canceling and then I was canceling and then I was uh, canceling again and now I'm uncanceling. Well, let me tell you this journey. When you told me it was out of left field mm-hmm. for two days, I thought you were going to cancel... Someone whose name I will not mention, because again, I don't want to be canceled. Ooh. Well, I mentioned it to mm-hmm. you in the text, because my fear was that this person's fandom would immediately come after us. And I was like, listen, I'm all about rocking the boat, but that's a boat I don't want to touch yet. <laughs> oh, that for- 
horizon. See, so technically on mine, but I don't want to do it. But I want to do it, but I don't want to do it yet. So I went for what I would I call that. a I get that. safe pick today, but we're going to have you. So <laughs> for those that are listening, if anyone's ever going to listen to the first episode, um, the idea is that we will just take My turns. Dad, oh, yes. Your dad is our number one fan. Um, I told him he really is. He was, he was like, he was like, you and Gemma just have really great. Sometimes I listen to these podcasts and I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I agree with you, but I don't really want to listen to you. But you and Gemma just have something. <laughs> so, And then he asked if I was going to cancel Russell Brand. And I was like, I think that's being taken care Yeah, of. I really think that uh, one's like done. Like, that's, I mean. Uh, my mom, my mom wants to uncancel Corey Feldman, which again, I think oh. is being taken care of, but well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yeah. No, I do have a friend. I don't know if she'll listen again, but her husband recently asked me, I think it was like, I say recently, it was like last December, but he goes, um, <laughs> are you, are you still doing that podcast? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he goes, oh, cause we used to listen to it. And I was like, what? He is an attorney. She is like, she I never. Yeah, she went to like this big hoity toity school. Tell anyone, oh, I, I never told. tell anyone that we've stopped. Oh, I like I that. I always tell people we're on hiatus. I like that. Yeah, I was just like, no, we just, yeah. we stopped because we just did. <laughs> no, I'm like, hiatus. Every so often, I was like, every so often I'll text Gemma, like, you want a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and eventually I went, yeah, sure, why not? Because I need something to hyper focus on right now. Hell yes. And I kind of like the idea of just going, and now season two, until we both get bored of this topic. Ta-da. <laughs> all right. All right. So this is good. You're going to go first. Mm-hmm. I am so yes, excited. You do, a brief, do a brief little one over, over kind of the, the, the concept in general while I grab a soda. Well, okay. So do you mean like cancel culture? I guess I could talk. So I, I will say this on my thoughts, though. When people talk about, well, cancel culture's gone too far, I did see something, an article where they said it's more like call-out culture, where it's this idea yes. that, yeah, like we're calling out and showing like this needs to be addressed. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like what we're doing, but if people want to get mad and cancel us, I'm good, crap. I'm not the sure. thing about quote unquote cancel culture is that like it's not like it's fucking permanent, you know? Yeah. I mean Louis Louis CK is just touring. Oh my god, I can't stop. Mm, like, no, I almost canceled Russell him. Brand's gonna have a new podcast in another three yeah. years. Like no one gives a shit. Like you're mad, you call it out, then the internet moves on and they forget about it. Yeah. And it just goes in in a circle over and over again. And that's so yeah, it's more call out culture. Hey, you suck for this thing. Okay, and then we all move along. Somehow, yeah. Although, but I like the idea of us sometimes, like, hitting on people and saying, guess what? The world may have moved on, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, all right. I oh, want to know. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. So, you're going to go first. Uh, drum roll. It's your turn. <laughs> I love how you're you're getting ready for this. Here we go. I am. Gemma. Yes. Today, for our first official cancel culture-related podcast, 
I will be, for anyone who does not know, because this person is not canceled for anyone who knows the actual story. Oh. But I am going to be uncanceling Stella Liebeck. I have 40 million questions. Please go mm. on. Oh, no, I want at least I want at least two questions first. My first question is, who? Am I an idiot for not knowing? Uh, Gemma, are you familiar with the McDonald's coffee lawsuit? <gasps> she was canceled? She needs to be well, uncanceled. I, now, let me, let me, no, let me talk about canceled. Because what I mean is, there are people who have canceled her in their head. Yeah. And have no idea what they've done. Because yes. they're there. It's so funny. I, my mother didn't know the true story. I was telling oh. her today. Oh my gosh. And she was like, yep, she had the classic, I said McDonald's coffee lawsuit. She went, oh. And I went, uh-uh. I love That's when so people do that. Mama. I love when people do that because you're like, have you seen the pictures of the burns? Pictures. They are like, so Like, no, I, so I was explaining it and I'm going to tell it, I'm going to tell it to you. Something you may already know, but perhaps a refresher, because I enjoyed my refresher today, because this is one I'm really passionate about. So, I, I did print out her Wikipedia page. I love this. I, I'm so I've ready. Got some, I've got some. She was born December 14th, 2000. No, I'm sorry. I wrote 2012. That's very funny. 1912. She was born in 1912. So, first off, she's a Sagittarius. And she was born in 1912? 1912? She, I forgot how old this was. Exactly. She was born exactly eight months after the Titanic's initial collision with the iceberg. Wow. She's probably wishing she had ice rather than a hot coffee burn. Ooh, that was so lame. I don't care. I don't care. It was lame. Um, are you going to cut that out where I accidentally said your name out loud? No, you said my name like three times. <laughs> Did I? Yes. Start over? Are no. we going to cut them all? I don't care. Who cares? My name's Gemma. Deal with it. Oh, and you are? Uh, Bobby Ray. I don't know. Should I, should I be afraid? Why are you afraid? Your name's Alicia. I don't know. I'm afraid of everything. That's fair. All right. I'm Alicia. <laughs> Let me uh, like, and I love how in the third time you're like, should I cut out your name? <laughs> I didn't even notice I'd said it before. And oh. then I suddenly was like, anyway, we probably should cut this because this sounds stupid. Um, so Stella Liebeck, born in 1912 and died in 2004. Oh, crap. She's dead. Well, I mean, good thing she's dead because 1912 well, is a long was, time. Well, she was 80 and, well, she was, yeah, she was like in her 80s. Oh my god, I didn't do the actual math. I just looked at something that said she was 80 when this happened. So, let's say she was 80, because I don't feel like doing math. Um, We're not so a math she podcast. was, like, driving home from, like, the airport or something with her nephew, and they stopped at McDonald's to grab, like, a, a hot breakfast and yeah. some coffee. Delicious so, hot um, breakfast. I, I don't eat meat anymore, what? but I do love McDonald's breakfast. Oh. So I oh, get the yeah no they've got yeah. good. I get the egg McMuffin without the ham. 
and they'll you just say no meat and they'll just do it oh, for without you. <laughs> so good though oh yeah they, they will most places will i hate that you can't do that on the apps though oh. like like you can ask for anything off like at sonic but if like you're ordering on the sonic app you can't like go no button or something which really? i think is very silly well if you order through doordash you can be as specific as you like in the order, but my favorite part about DoorDashing, because that's what I do now, is the amount of people who put uh-huh. in their comment that you don't see until you deliver till you get to the door. Oh, please ask for extra mayo. Boo-boo, I can't. I'm at your house. <laughs> but yeah, DoorDash yeah. will let you do that, which is kind of cool. And Uber Eats, yeah. too. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. All right. So this woman, she is getting breakfast and coffee. Okay, well, actually, actually, I would like to rewind because I did want to talk about how I personally feel a great deal of guilt for this woman's story. Oh, God. Because the story I heard, because this happened in 1994, right? Oh, my God, I thought it was the 80s. Wow. Yeah, 1994. I am I am eight years old, and the story I heard was that it was like some young woman in a mini skirt, and that's why the like all she wasn't wearing underwear, and the cop got like the ridiculous. By the time it filtered down to my elementary school, it was this illicit, torrid tale about some some woman in like stripper boots in a mini skirt, wearing no underwear, and just splashing like her vagina with hot coffee, like. She just she just sprinkled outrageous. sprinkled some hot coffee on her vagina. Just a little yeah, spr- you know, a little dabble, do ya? Oh a little God. dabble, do ya? You know, she was just uh, it was a hot day, and she thought that would work. She was blonde too, right? This is classic dumb blonde jokes, nineteen ninety four. So I have um, heard that she was do you older when you first heard it. Yeah, so I I was in high school, and I am a couple years older than mm-hmm. you. And I, because it was yes. one of my classes, like law and stuff and he actually put the pictures on the the board which back then was harder to do oh wow yeah today guys i don't know if you know this any young listeners which we'll have all of zero for now but they have like computers well back in the day they had like you had to print it on this plastic stuff and they would put the plastic sheet on a light table that would somehow show up on the board and it was so cool when your teacher let you come up and write on the plastic sheet. And that's why I said yeah. I wanted to be a teacher. But then by the time or I was teaching, some... they didn't have those plastic sheets. No, shirts. I was just going to say, some kids had, like, uh, access to, like, that technology at, like, home or their yeah. parents' work. Yeah. And so sometimes when people were, like, doing a presentation, they would bring in their own transfers. Okay, there were Ugh. a few... Uh, projects that I would go to a Kinko's to get my transfers done because I was that oh, kid. Dude. I was that kid. Oh, I love that. See, no, we, by the time I got to like high school where that would have been like the thing to do, uh, my schools had transitioned over to like digital. Yeah. Or if we had, I think we had, might've had some sort of digital projector, like from computers or something. Well, yeah, you are about two years younger than me. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, and I was at a. I, I might have been at a bigger school. I don't. I've been to so many schools. Who knows? But what That's I remember true. about hearing the story was, we thought like, why? My first thought was, why would you put a coffee between your legs? But as an adult, the amount yeah. of times I grab a drink, and back when I had crappier cars, 
where else do you freaking put it? Yep. So where? Yeah, and well, like, and that's and that's a thing. I watched I watched this this specifically. So she's at McDonald's grabbing a uh, breakfast with her nephew. Right, he's some sort of car that like it's all sloped and there are no cup holders. Got it. Um, you know, something that was clearly built more for looks than for like, actual practicality. Like it early nineties models. So, yeah. Exactly. Yes. And so they pull through the drive-thru, they get coffee. She wants to put in like cream and sugar. They get yep. the cream and sugar because they didn't put in four. They do four. that now. They do that now. And, but yeah. And the breakfast. Yeah. And and then he pulls up and into a parking spot because they're going to be driving. So they need to get situated. So right. Smart. So they are parked in the spot. Um, and she puts the coffee just between her knees. Again, perfectly still car. And when she goes to take the lid off, it tips and it slides. It does. It slides in between and under her legs. Oh. And she had, holy shit. Like she had such severe, like third degree burns. Uh, when they took her to the hospital, they didn't think she would make it. Whoa. Um, and yeah, they, th- they were like, you're gonna die. <gasps> um, and they had to do a bunch of skin grafts and you've seen the photo. I can't believe that your teacher actually told you that whole story in high school. That's amazing. Well, this was before, obviously, um, teachers were canceled for merely showing up to school, um, and <laughs> saying words like equality. Um, yeah. so I had a good education and I will say this. I learned about this when I was in the state of Florida. Ooh. So Florida was different um, in the 90s, guys. Okay. Um, and then it went to Yeah, shit. no, that sounds better. I like it. Yeah. Um, so, so she's horribly, horribly burnt. Yeah. And uh, she's in the hospital and the medical bills are adding up. And, like, her daughter had to, like, take off of work to, like, take care of her. Anyway, so they just wrote, I think it was her daughter who wrote the letter um, to, like, McDonald's just saying, hey, um, we had this happen, and, uh, like, we were we were hoping you would help us with the medical bills, and if something, if that if that's a policy for the coffee, you probably want to reinvestigate that, and if that's not the policy, then you need to find out what went wrong. Yes. And uh, they, like, they did the math. I think it would have taken, it was, like, $10,000 in medical bills. Which today is, a, is and, wonderful. Oh, um, yeah, I know. That sounds great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then McDonald's, I believe, offered them five or $600. Oh, my God. That's so nice. You could buy so much coffee with that. So much coffee. And, listen, this was, oh, man, this was, like, 50 cents. She was getting the senior discount. Oh, she might have been getting 35 cent coffee or something. Jeez, those were the days. Yeah, but in this economy, I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was eager to go back. Oh my and god, get more. so eager. And so, yeah. uh, McDonald's blows them off. They 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 acted like jackholes, and uh, so they had to like retain counsel and go like, "Hey, we we need help with these bills." And it is like the, this coffee was way too hot so throughout this investigation they found out that um the mcdonald's policy was to heat the coffee to between 180 and 190 degrees oh my gosh which is insane Mm -hmm. and their reasoning for that was that uh that way uh at the end of someone's commute their coffee would be the right temperature oh yeah but who okay i will say this so i have a friend you know her too 
Amanda, but mm-hmm. she, when we go to get coffee, she gets the kids temp because, and she made a really valid point. If you order coffee, you want to drink the GD coffee. You don't want to yes. wait an hour before you can drink it. So. Exactly. No, yeah. I mean, honestly, the worst part of my morning is between when I make the coffee and put creamer in it. And how long I sit there staring at the coffee until yep. it's at, like, the temperature where I feel comfortable drinking it. And then that only lasts for, like, five minutes. Yeah. You got this... a sweet spot right there in the middle. Yeah. And and that's okay. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. so oh, they also found uh, that I believe it was between 1990 and 94, maybe it was between somewhere in the late 80s, um, that there had been 700 other injuries from oh. the hot coffee. Oh, my God. So they had been made aware of this issue before and they basically acted like it wasn't important. Like I even watched, I was, I was rewatching the documentary hot coffee today, highly recommend. Um, and it's all about tort reform. It's fascinating. Um, but the, uh, the, the interview with like one of the McDonald's reps was really chilling because he was like, Oh, you know, good, good, good thing. It's not more. What? That's, 700 and there I guess their argument was something like oh well yeah but for every one person who's burned there's you know 10,000 or something that weren't burned and it's like yeah that's okay buddy okay it's like and that's not even counting like what about the people who burnt themselves and didn't say anything right they just burnt their hand or they burnt they didn't report it people don't report every time something goes wrong that's just not how people work I would rather die than go with a customer complaint most of the time (laughs) Like, I just know I'll be, you can bring me the whole wrong food and I will just eat it and I will say thank you. Yeah. No, I feel the same. Yeah. Like, I would never. Yeah. So, uh, so they went through this trial process, uh, because, um, they, they were able to have like a civil jury trial, at which point they are the ones who determine what the reward will be or what that not reward, the compensation mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, for the corporation. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to, they like, they paid her medical bills. Yes. And then they also, I believe that they awarded her, but I don't remember. It might've not been awarded to her. It might've been one of those where it was like, um, it was, they, they, they gave them 2.9 million dollars in punitive damages wow. which was the cost of two days like that was for mcdonald's two two days profit yeah um but i don't remember if and it's probably somewhere in these papers um i don't remember if they actually awarded that to her they they found her here we go the jury found that mcdonald's was 80 percent responsible for the incident wow. that she was 20 she spilled the coffee they were True. Like, like she's 20 percent responsible yeah. And here we go. They awarded Liebeck a net 160,000 in comp- compensatory damages to cover medical expenses and 2.7 million uh, equivalent to 5 million in 2022 when this was written yeah. in punitive damages. Yes. Okay. So they find them. But that wasn't what she got. But all of these, the thing is, this immediately was grabbed onto by anyone who's for tort reform, which I'm putting in quotes again, because it's not reform. Um, It's not reform. It's an attempt to stop corporations and all of these different um, industries from having to pay on um, uh, damage that they cause to anyone through their negligence. Like, that's what tort reform is, is trying to, like, 
help them from being held responsible. And uh, oh my god, I went down a whole fucking rabbit hole on that. Well, like my the thing American is... Torque Form Association, which is just basically a lobbyist group formed by 300 major corporations, insurance companies, oil and gas, and big pharma. And then tobacco has um, has tort reforms too, like Philip Morris did. Oh yeah. And then they would form like fake citizen groups, like they'd name everything like citizens against lawsuit abuse, so that it sounded like it was just groups of like local citizens finding issue, but it wasn't. It was these fucking corporations <laughs> trying to get them to cover their own ass. And like, I mean, there there's some insane shit going on. Um, genuinely it's so it's so wild well uh, but really... yes they finally awarded her but she only got one hundred sixty thousand. but of course it sounds frivolous it doesn't matter that it wasn't frivolous saying oh the coffee was too hot so they got burnt if you haven't actually looked into the details you're like oh well that's stupid yeah coffee's hot what are you talking about yeah no they're now required like they steep it like i think and this is my memory from the last time i looked into this i did not uh, but I believe they do it between like 120 and 128 now. Yeah. Which is, that's the heat. That's reasonable. Uh, um, but it's like, if that's what you're picturing as hot coffee and not 190 degree coffee, like oh. it's, it's a whole, it, it, it's, so this blew my mind today. So I'm looking this up, right? Yeah. I'm hopping through topics. I look up McDonald's lawsuit and there is a brand new McDonald's uh, lawsuit over scalding coffee oh. that left women with severe burns. A new one? Today. No, I'm sorry. Two days ago, Gemma. I had no idea. Days ago. Look at this. Okay. A new lawsuit. This is uh, from CBS News. A new lawsuit may leave McDonald's once again crying over spilled coffee. A lawyer for Mabel Childress, Childress has alleged in a complaint that scalding coffee from a McDonald's drive-thru in San Francisco spilled onto Childress in June, leaving her with severe burns and emotion. Um, according to the lawsuit filed last Thursday in a California court, McDonald's employees improperly secured the lid to her coffee cup, causing it to o unexpectedly open and pour hot liquid when she tried to drink from it. Um, she's also, the incident left Childress with scarring in her groin area. Well, and see, that's the thing. When you see the pictures, Childress. like the coffee went into like the one. Well, this is the new one. Well, yeah, but like the 1994 that went into her because mm -hmm. that's what liquid will do. It just flows, especially if you have a dipped seed. Oh, yeah. It was like if you if look if you're listening, don't look up the photos unless you want to be deeply disturbed yes. because they are very disturbing. Yes. They are like they it ate through. Like she oof, but this new one. And she says, okay, Childress, described as an elder woman in the suit, tried to report the incident to three employees at the restaurant. They refused to help her and later ignored, according to her claim. So I don't think she was anywhere near as, but I mean, you know, I, I, I obviously am only speculating, but it sounds like she was able to move, which I do not believe um, that... Uh, Stella one. was yeah. able to do. Stella was down for the count. Wow. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, um, they, they say they take it seriously. They're reviewing the new legal claim in detail. Who knows? We'll have to see. But um, I've got other ones down. 
was very kind and brought up previous cases. Oh, jeez. Not even the 1990. There's the, the they bring up at the very start, 1992, three million dollars. See, they say here to pay nearly three million dollars to an elderly woman who suffered severe burns. I don't know that she got that money. I I do not remember. No, because McDonald's um, will says, fight. Oh, they will fight to not pay. It was the a fourteen. It was. What? They will fight not to pay the settlements. They'll put it through litigation oh, for years. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, by the way, her coffee was 49 cents. Oh, well, look at that. Good deal still in the it 90s. On CBS. Still good deal. Man, that's a, that's, I'll tell you what, I'm paying for a cup of coffee at McDonald's now. Uh, you know, I've never. I think I've had it maybe once, but I've never ordered McDonald's coffee because of this lawsuit. <laughs> it has always I scared have. me. I have well, I get but the iced coffee. I've never tried to drink it or touch it in the car. True. You can't do that. Like it goes straight oh, right yeah. there. Um, and then, okay, a California woman also sued the fast food restaurant in 2014, alleging its employees improperly secured the lid of her uh, of her hot coffee, causing the scalding liquid to spill onto her and burn her. And they also reached a settlement in that case as well, but without any details. I mean, it's like, we've been so indoctrinated about frivolous lawsuits that yeah. even when I'm talking about why that's not a thing, my brain still goes, but was she really burnt? Like, <laughs> was it really it that bad? Right? Was it really that bad? You could walk out though. You're fine. Walk it off. Like, but I mean, she couldn't. This like little, this little like inner capitalist. Oh my god! Is like she's a bitch. Um, but I also like this. In uh, July, hold on, hold on. I want to. I want to. Jury. I want to put a warning on here that you might have a little capitalist in your head, but I try to kill my capitalist as much as possible. Oh, see, the, the, the part of me with the shopping addiction loves that little capitalist. I mean, mm -hmm. I get it. I have to stay away from websites, but yes. Anyway, go on, go on, go on, go on. Oh, no, no. Capitalism is garbage. Yes. Yeah, it was garbage. Okay. In July, a Florida jury awarded $800,000 to a girl who alleged she suffered severe burns when a chicken McNugget. <sighs> Fell on her leg in 2019. That must have had, that must have been burning hot oil straight out of the fryer. What's crazy is that people work in McDonald's. So again, I'm I'm picking up the food for people now, and people yep. are working in McDonald's and they're typically young, not always, but typically, and they're on their phones near a hot fryer. Yep. And I'm going. Yep. Dude, I, my fear is dropping the phone in the fryer. But I'm thinking now, <laughs> knowing someone will drop their phone in there and then reach for it. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, God, you're so right. You're so right. My dumb ass would fully put my arm into a fryer. And mm -hmm. McDonald's is going to say, y'all are dumb. Like, I ain't paid for that. Which I might agree I with. Wonder, I wonder. I wonder what the contracts are because that was one thing in the hot coffee documentary was they were talking a lot about how uh, companies will put in their contracts that the uh, that their employees are not able to sue them, yeah, but are required to engage in binding 
fucking arbitration, which yeah. anyone who has watched Aaron Brockovich knows um, means that the entire case is just decided by a judge. Yeah. And the problem is, uh, again, according to this documentary, which was from uh, 2014, oh, wow. I okay. want to say, um, which, I mean, it's only gone downhill from there, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure this is worse now. Uh, but the, the, they'll they'll put these things in the contracts and then employees will have something horrible happen to them. And they don't realize that the companies have basically bought out the arbiters because if they don't, if they don't play nice, they get like blackballed by all of these different corporations. And so it's almost always decided in favor of the, uh, of, of the, of the corporation who, what? So there's like just no accountability for these corporations. And obviously with the caveat that I've not looked into every single company's contracts, I do not know that every single company CEO is a soulless monster. I suspect it. There. Yes. But we don't know. We don't I know. I can't prove it. <laughs> Considering I don't even believe that a soul exists. There you I go. think I, I could probably fairly say they're all soulless. Well, we're not canceling not- organized religion today, but we will soon. I'm almost positive. Ooh, yes, please. So, um, yeah. So no, this one was just, uh, uh if anyone doesn't know that, uh, Stella, um, I looked away from her name again. Uh, Stella Liebeck. Yeah does not deserve any of the legacy that some people have in their brains about this like frivolous coffee case. She deserves zero of that. So if you had canceled her in your head, uncancel. And the corporations right and the corporations and the lobbyists and the insurance companies and all of them, they deserve every ounce of vitriol they get. Oh that's perfect. And that's all. Okay. All right. All right. So I love it. You uncancelled. I am going to cancel, and I I have one thing I want to cancel, definitely, but I told you I kind of want to okay. do a mini cons- cancellation, so I don't know if I'm going to get to that. I'm so on board. Well, because mine's not as long. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I could make it interesting. All right. So I would like to cancel <laughs> the British Empire. Now, you could argue that the empire is no longer there. I know. I know. Shocking for those that are not aware. I was born in England. I still hold British citizenship, but I 100% mm-hmm. want to cancel them. And here is why. Okay, so this story came out last month, right at the end of last month. Um, this I got a story from Art News and also one from theartnewspaper.com. So essentially, internal Ooh. investigation at the British Museum says that more than 1,500 ancient artifacts were stolen. So they had this guy, he works there. Um, his name was Peter Higgs. And over time, he basically took over 1,500, some are saying close to 2,000 artifacts, and he was selling them on eBay. And their paperwork Oh, is- my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this, it was funny, because TikTok was like, mm, serves you right. Like, you know what you were doing, England. Like, so, let's talk yeah, about- Yeah, they knew. They knew. They They've, they've been known. Oh, yeah. So, and thankfully, we have people today who, because of the influx of information, they are smart enough to, like, look into these artifacts. So, 
Britain, if you were unaware, there was a a statement in the past that used to say the sun shall never set on the British Empire because we owned so much land. Oh, everything. So we're talking 1,500... Such a a small island. Such a small island and like stole everything. Like y'all in Japan were not fucking around. Japan did some crazy shit and we could talk about them later. My problem is I never want to cancel Japan. Because number one, I'm not oh, Japanese. No, not my place. Not yeah, my place. yeah, not my place. But also, they're they're sweets. They've got the best candy in Japan. So, but we could talk about what Japan I mean, did seen, to China. That, wait, you seen that amazing video? That one guy on TikTok who does the like Japan. I know what you did, and Japan's just like, oh no, I'm so cute. And they're like, <laughs> we know you're evil. And then they're like, what would you have me do? Return to who I was? Like it's just oh. it's stunning. It's beautiful. I mean, send it to you. Japan was pretty bad to Korea and China, and you have to think like this yep. is a tiny island, and they like they yep. they kicked some asses in a bad way. They did some bad things. Um, rape of Nanking, no big deal. Anyway, so let's talk about the British Empire. So they yes from the 1500s and the 1900s, they basically established their colonies, dominions, protectorates across everywhere. It was the largest empire in history, which is what I don't get. I almost wanted to cancel the Roman empire today because of the whole, this will date this podcast, but the fact that people will ask their boyfriends or husbands, how many times a week do you think about the Roman empire? And they're like, and they're like every day. And I'm like, well, I could get mad, but I think about murder every day, not murdering per se, but like getting murdered. Um, because I first see, I, I no, I super relate to this okay. because I definitely think. Well, no, I think about murder every day. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but no, I think about the Roman Empire at least a couple times a week. So I never do. Um, and I, I'll tell you why I almost canceled <laughs> them because they stole their gods from the Greeks. So yeah, they did. They stole the whole ass religion. Come and on. the fact that men are like, I love the Roman Empire and the gladiators, buddies. Do you know how? into organized religion they were like every day you had to pray to your deity and then they got into christianity and that was a whole other thing but i am not canceling the romans and i wouldn't i would cancel people's love of them but i am canceling the british so we're talking (laughs) they ruled with an iron fist you could say um they were they thought they were bringing uh civilization to colonize people so the idea of um social darwinism which is crap Um, and there's a really good thing I used to teach, but everyone should know about it. It is the white man's burden. It's by Rudyard Kipling. Mm -hmm. And it's basically saying like, Mm -hmm. this is your job as a white Christian man. So during the time that they were, and I put this in quotations, Christianizing or civilizing people, they went ahead and stole just everything. Um, the British, oh, yeah, all the things. Yeah, all the things. The British Museum houses about 8 million artifacts at this time. Of course, minus 1,500 that have recently been stolen. Um, but their whole deal. So I've got a list of things that they have taken. Um, the Kingdom of Benin. Benin? B-E-N-I-N. It's now Nigeria. They had these things called the the Benin bronzes, Benin bronzes. Um, They are sculptures that adorned their royal palace. They went back to the 1200s, but in 1897, the British send their troops in to to punish the rebels, who, by the way, were rebelling against being taken over by white men. Let's just throw that out there. We sacked and looted the city 
basically bringing an end to their entire kingdom. So 900 objects were taken, more than 200 bronze plaques, and they are now in the actual collection that the British Museum calls their contested objects because Nigeria has been saying, hey, can we get it back? So 1960s when Nigeria got independent. Just give them back. Yeah. Now the British Museum has, they have agreed to loan the Benin bronzes to Nigeria, but not to fully return them. So... Yeah. Boo. Then there's something called the. No, I have a question. I have okay. A question. Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna Are you gonna talk about Are you gonna talk about them eating mummies? Ooh. Okay. So Ooh. here's so I did look into the fact that the British Museum houses so many like corpses, um, but yep. like from. And that's that happens a lot. That happens in American museums. That happens in museums mm-hmm. in other countries. The idea that they are preserving. So if you're preserving it, I'm mm-hmm. I'm okay. They did, however, and this is a little side story. Um, take a woman. She had been a slave in Africa. She had then been. She signed a contract with her master's friend who then brought her to England and put her on the freak show circuit. She had a, an abnormally sized derriere. Um, it was, Mm. it was bigger than I would say Kardashians, but shaped differently. And she has been returned Mm. to her native country because England kept her body. They were like, look at this freak we had. But um, Nelson Mandela was able to get her body back and um, basically buried with her, you know, ancestral lands. So, yeah, yes, England definitely, there should be more mummies today, but we thought, and I say we, because I'm like 99.4% British. Like, there's no, I did the DNA, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe I've got something cool. No, it turns out I'm just British. I'm boring, I'm Welsh, I'm Scottish, I'm Irish, and I'm English. Like, there's there's nothing. I'm 0.4% Coptic, no, wait, 0.2% Coptic Christian, so that's Egyptian. 0.2% Middle Eastern, and then 0.2% Indigenous. Now, the Indigenous we know came from, someone came over in the 1600s and then took a woman back and married mm-hmm. her probably lied to her said that oh my god i'm bringing you back to an oh. island but and then she shows up and went you lie and he said haha too late to bring you back um so i'm thinking the other two percent their point two percent come from women who were brought over and married now hopefully they came over as willing participants but knowing my family mm. um probably not um although the women in my mm. family are so strong so the british found yeah. the mummies and they decided to turn their human their human bodies that have been mummified into mm-hmm. medicine. Mm-hmm. So the British loved eating uh-huh. Egyptians, which again could be my 0.2%. We probably ate like a lot of Egyptian and that's in my DNA. <laughs> um like if we're really going to talk about it. We ate so many mummies, it's in us now. Yeah, like if you don't know Coptic Christian is Egyptian Christian. So that's probably I ate a lot of mummies in my family, which it makes sense. We've got fat people. Yeah, it gets um, right into that DNA. It's right there. Uh, and they use it for paint. They're, mummy brown. Mummy? That's, I I it can't. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, but here are the oh, things yeah, they have. I'm, I, go ahead, guys. Go, don't Google the coffee woman, but Google Egyptian brown paint. Um, that, I mean, it's 
you're just gonna see some paintings with brown in it like <laughs> oh, okay. oh okay well that's fair that's fair um it's just humans so anyway they have something else called the parthenon marbles which if you've seen them you can google them yes. beautiful like men on horses like they're going to war so they celebrate the birthday of the goddess Athena. Um, the, and the centaurs and the lapets engaged in battle. It was taken from the Parthenon in Greece between 1801 and 1805. So Greece had ruled the Ottoman Empire for like nearly 400 years, since 1453, so then to like the 1850s. So we had a British... That's a decent empire. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, Ottoman Empire is huge. It's amazing. I love the Ottoman Empire. It's a hot mess, but it's great. Um, so Lord Elgin... <laughs> not was, canceling the Ottoman Empire I'm not today. canceling the Ottoman Empire today. Um, the British ambassador to the empire, Lord Elgin, 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 he successfully petitioned to remove about half of the remaining sculptures from the ruins. But Greece is like, okay, that's cute, but can you like give them back? Cause like, uh-huh. it, this is ridiculous. Um, but the question, of course, the legal question comes up is did the Ottoman empire have the legal and moral authority to allow, allow this Lord to take these objects back? Because Greece is saying, no, they're ours, but the Ottomans are like, but we had it. But of course, the Ottomans aren't around anymore, and it's now present-day Turkey. But the British- Who gives me- a shit? Give it back! I agree. I think- I'll, I'll tell you what I think at the end. Anyway, so the Rosetta Stone- like, Look, 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 I- Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Okay. You're right. I'll, 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 I'll yeah. bring up stuff when you bring up stuff later. So I've the Rosetta- about your feelings. Thank you. We have feelings. Um, The Rosetta Stone- it's a monumental object that enabled researchers to decipher and understand the cultures and history of ancient Egypt. It was taken from a Egypt. great series of CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's for the kids out there, that's like um, Duolingo, but they had them on CDs. Um, and a CD is a metal <laughs> disc. You could get a CD wrong. Yep. And you had to put it, or you can put it in your car. You can play it in your car. My dad tried to learn Spanish through Rosetta Stone on CDs in his car. Um, so, anyway. The stone was originally taken from does Egypt he, by Napoleon. Does he not blow the Espanol, though? No, no, he does not. He gave up really soon. Um, okay, so <laughs> it, it, Napoleon basically opened up the country um, of Egypt to the rest of Europe. He fueled the idea of Egypt mania, which of, in the 1800s, which again is when the British were eating. Uh, see, it, it came up. They were going to be eating the mummies because Napoleon was like, hey, have yep. you heard of Egypt? Which, you know. Um, but they are not going to give it back because we're England and we're the worst. Um, but it's yep. a very important stone that doesn't belong to us. Now, here is my favorite. Uh-huh. Here's my favorite thing that they took. I say favorite because I swear to God, if they don't give this back in my lifetime, I might, I'm not going to break in. I'm not going to create a crime, but it's like, it should be done. Okay. I can't pronounce it. Um, it's the ko i it, the Kohenor, I should know how to say this. It is this beautiful, largest cut diamond in the world. It is on top of the crown yes. for the Queen of England. Now, it means mountain of light. It originally adorned the Mughal peacock throne. Of course, the Mughals were a Muslim group that ruled over Hindu majority India. And they had some problems, but they weren't so terrible. And they're technically loosely related to the Mongols. That's why it sounds the same, Mughals. Anyway, so it changes. That's funny. I immediately thought Mongols. There you go. Did you did you not know that? Um, well, one of the guys who started the Mughal no, Empire was like, oh, well, I'm related to Genghis Khan. Was he? We don't know. But he said he was. And Genghis I Khan. I mean, isn't everyone? To be fair, a lot of people are. And especially during that time. So it makes total sense. 
Um, so, I, mean, I think you could probably just safely go, definitely also me. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So it changes hands because there were warring factions until it was ultimately handed over to Queen Victoria after the British took India in 1849. Um, and they took India, they went from indirect control to direct control, and it was the Sepoy Rebellion. You should look it up. It is one of my favorite stories to tell in a class because I used to teach like a lot of in- South Asian students. So I used to tell them that, like, you know, the sepoys were people who were Indian but um, hired by the British to protect the India area and, like, things that they owned there. And um, the the British gave them bullets. I'm going off on so many tangents, but I don't care. So the British, another reason why to cancel the British. The British gave them bullets and said, hey, these bullets, because we don't, when you used to have to stuff the bullet into your gun, add your powder. The bullet came cased with the bullet on one side and the powder on the other. And it was covered in a film that would stop it from getting wet and destroyed in the rain. Because India is very wet. But what they Mm -hmm. covered it in was animal grease. And they didn't tell the Hindu and Muslim Indians whether it was pig fat or cow fat. And if you're Muslim, you can't have pig. And if you're Hindu, you can't have cow. So they told them, they were like, cool, can you at least give us scissors so we can cut it open? They said, no, just use your teeth. So these, (gasps) yep, Hindu and Muslim men had to take their teeth and break it off. And they don't know what animal they're eating. Which is, this is the most disrespectful thing you can do. And that's when the British took oh over. Because the sepoy men went to war against the British. They said, you are disrespecting us. You're taking our yep. land. And we're done. And the British said, bet. They took down that mutiny. And then they took over mm. India into direct control until, of course, you know, Gandhi and all that stuff. And, of course, Gandhi should be yeah. canceled. We'll talk about Gandhi another time. Um, oh, yeah. Love that. that. My favorite part, though, is the amount of South Asian students who would be like, we hate Gandhi. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. And they're like, we'll tell you That's why. Nice. And I'm like, y'all are smart. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So <laughs> this diamond has... It's been wreathed in superstition that came from Insider, by the way, because this list comes from Insider. It is a jinx for men because apparently its history involved so much fighting between men. So it is only passed on to the women of the British royal family. Well, since we've got King Charles, and then we're going to have King Willie, and then we're going to have King Louis. I think Louis is the next. I don't remember. My point is, you don't need to have the diamond anymore. Give it back. If the crown yeah. should continue, which I'm hoping it doesn't, but should it continue, that diamond is just going to stay on display in the Tower of London's jewel house for the rest of time. Governments of India, Pakistan, Iran, and Afghanistan have all claimed ownership and demanded its return since India gained independence in 47. But of course, the British said, no, 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 it was given to us. It, it's ours. But my thing is, no, it's not. <clears throat> It is not yours. And I know a lot of countries want it back, but they, you know, bring that to the International Criminal Court, have a big conversation yeah. about it. That's through the United Nations. Uh-huh. Don't hold on to it. Um, then they've got something I didn't really even know about this. This is called Tipu's Tiger. It's like a nearly life-sized wooden semi-automation figure. That looks like it's mauling a soldier of the East India Company. So clearly it was made. Yeah, it it looks cool. It looks like a kid's toy, but obviously it's much huger. You can look it up. It's T-I-P-U, Tipu's Tiger. Um, You turn a handle and the soldier's arm will lift up and down and produce noises 
that imitate the sound of a dying man. And Ooh. that, yeah, it's made oh, by. Shit. Oh it's, my God, I'm looking at it. That looks cool. Yeah, it's made by like an organ hidden inside the tiger. So it was created for Tipu Sultan, the ruler of the kingdom of Mysore in India, because India's huge. It's had so many kingdoms. I used to do an activity with my students where the kids would have to wear flags of, because um, we were doing uh, mercantilist policies, the fact that like, you know, England, France, and Spain, and Portugal held all the power and all their other countries had to work with them. But when it came to giving right. a flag to, what? Did you say wait? No, I said, oh. I said, no, yes. Oh, yes, no, yes. So the problem with the India one was that there were so many flags that, because I would have the kids wear a flag like around their neck, just on a, uh-huh. yarn, a yarn lanyard thing. So I would have to like paste four different Indian flags on there and kids would go, oh, I know this one, but I don't know this one. And I'd say, good, maybe you could tell me about that one because I don't know any of them um, because I had to look at the tiger. <laughs> so India is huge. So it was so split up. So this was the kingdom of Mysore in the late 1700s. The main symbol for Tipu, Tipu was a tiger. He had it on his throne, his weapons, his, his uh, soldier uniforms, palace decorations. So he loses a battle to the East India Company in 1799. The British kill the Sultan and take the toy tiger from his summer palace along with dismantled pieces of his throne. It is now in display at the Victoria and Albert Museum as one of its most famous and intriguing objects. That's crap. That's absolute crap. Give it back. But, my, and that was the one I was kind of like, eh, you know. But here's here's the one that takes the cake. Have you heard okay. of the Maori people of New Zealand? Indeed I have. I believe there is an actor. I you The guy from, oh my God, the Archie comics. What was that show called? Riverdale. Riverdale. Oh, uh, Riverdale? Okay, so did you ever watch the show Riverdale? No. Okay, good. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Um, I watched <laughs> like two seasons and then it just went, it jumped thousands of sharks. Yeah. Um, but people I did love watch it. all of the vampire diaries and they were diving over sharks See? every week. But I will say this. The actors are adorable. Um, I, love <laughs> the, I love the women on the show. Um, the men have some problems. But the guy who played Archie, with his dyed orange red hair. His name is KJ yeah. Appa. But his real his real name is Kennedy James Fitzgerald Appa. He was born in Auckland, New Zealand, and I believe he is a member of the Maori tribe. Oh wait, he was made a Samoan chief. Is that anything? He's in, uh, is he a part of the Maori tribe? He's made he was a chief of cuz he's from New Zealand. So, yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, so I'm just trying to briefly... But anyway, my point is, Maori are still around today. It's like, it's a thing. Yeah. So, in the European Museum, and several of them, you can go and visit the decapitated, dried, and tattooed oh, no. Maori heads that are on display. Oh, no. So, back in the day for tattoos, the Maori would use chisels to carve into men's skin. And we're talking, like, all over the face. Uh-huh. And then they would fill oh, yeah, the bruise no, with it. Was, it was uh, it was it was incredibly painful and yeah. long, and people fucking died. But like, that's why it was such a. But they represented high social status in their culture, and the decapitated and dried heads played an important part in Maori sacred ceremonies. So, like in Hawaii and in New Zealand and Australia, all these indigenous people that have these tattoos, when they get a tattoo, mm-hmm. like James uh, Jason Momoa. 
His tattoo mm-hmm. is so unique. It is unique to your family. It means something. Mm-hmm. So the fact that these heads were tattooed and then the people died. So their own people then, you know, dried their heads, decapitated them, and used them in their ceremonies mm-hmm. was because their tattoos were so unique. These people meant yeah. something. But the Europeans landed in New Zealand in 1770. Yeah, that's, not weird, that's not weird within the existing exactly. culture. The, exactly. It's, it's, it's borrowing them um, permanently yeah. and yeah. taking them away for people who are unrelated to that culture to ogle. Yeah, to just stare at. Now, I'm not saying that because the British, their idea is, hey, if we don't put these up, they could have been lost to history and all these things. Um, two things. Number one. You can still find stuff in history, and I say that because in 2013, um, this is going to come out of left field, but in 2013, we found a group of our ancestors called the Homo Naledi that we had never, Mm. they had been basically taken over by Homo erectus and all that. But my point is, we we Uh would always find it. So the British idea of, we were saving this stuff from people. No, honey. History will be told you didn't have to steal it to tell it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, New Zealand has been able to get some of them back, but most of them are still he- there and held. Um, the woman, by the way, that was taken, I cannot pronounce the first name. It's S A A R T J I E, but she went by Sarah Bartman. Um, so if anyone wants to Google, there are drawings of her. Um, but she was the body that did not get fully returned to South Africa until 2002 when she died in 1815. Oh, oh and her story's even worse, actually. Um, when she was 16, her actually, husband... Actually, that, that, hold on. I want to add someone to my list. I just thought of another person I want to cancel. See? Already, you're getting there. Um, but this woman was... Um, her husband was murdered by Dutch colonists. She was sold into slavery when she was 16. And it was 1810 mm-hmm. when she signed a contract with a British doctor who was her master's friend. And for five years, she was basically... They called it that she was a subject of scientific interest and racialized eroticism. So, yeah. Um, they've also taken some manuscripts called the Magdala manuscripts that were taken from Ethiopians by the British after the Battle of Magdala. This was 1868. Um, these are like predominantly religious manuscripts that were carried on the backs of 15 elephants and hundreds of mules back to Britain. Um, 350 of them ended up in the British Library. But no one can see them. They are literally hidden from the public. So they are literally imprisoned. Um, There's no intellectual reason. This is what this one person says, that these objects should remain there. This should be given back to Ethiopian Christians because that's their thing. So there is a group that has, since 1999, been trying to get them back. They've been successful for some of it, but not all of it. Oh, I got a sad one for you, though. Well, it's like, I think... I think we've all seen like pictures of people like visiting like ancestral items that are in the British museum. It's like, excuse me while I pay a ticket to to see something that should have been in my country. It's the beginning of black Panther when his cousin goes to the British museum and he's like, um, this is mine. That's mine. That's mine. I mean, obviously I'm I'm not quoting the scene properly. I don't, I don't, be the one who's about to get canceled but i haven't seen black panther 
you are officially canceled <laughs> on our first <laughs> podcast. Girl! Okay, so you got to see the movie, but basically the guy, he, he wants to go back to his ancestral land. Um, he wasn't born there, but his father was. It's a whole thing. Um, and he goes to the British Museum to meet with a trader or whatever. But he's like looking around and this museum guy comes up to him and goes, hi, how are you doing? What can I help you? Well, he says that in a British accent. Hello. Yeah, how, yeah. how can I help you? I heard you were interested in these uh, these these pieces. He goes, yeah, you've labeled them wrong because they're mine. <laughs> and they this is not a, a ceremonial. This is a da da da. And he's like correcting the guy. And I'm like, this is embarrassing for British people. Um, yes. Although that movie does star an actor who I do want to cancel. Um... Starts Ooh. with a M and ends with Art and Freeman. Um, I will. Oh, what? oh, oh! That's the next one then, because the look on your face says you don't know why. I don't. Oh, honey, we're gonna have fun with that one. Um, uh-huh. we're canceling John Watson. Yeah. What? Yeah. Even the we're Sherlock. The Hold on. The, the original. The Sherlock. What, are, what? What? The Sherlock fandom has canceled him. Oh, well, I haven't paid any attention to that since uh, 2012. I know. I know. So don't worry. We'll talk about that. But here was okay. a, here's a sad one that they Honestly, took. Honestly, for a second, I thought you said Morgan Freeman, and that was where my full shock was. Um, He also should be canceled. Um, what? Oh, my God. He had a relationship with, like, a child. What? Oh, I love that I'm talking about this. Okay, so Morgan okay, well, Freeman. No, that's- next week all right Jesus. i'm telling you i got martin freeman morgan freeman um oh got my god double freeman oh i should have started with that one anyway so the british stole a dog from china's imperial what? summer palace in the second opium war of 1860 a living dog yeah he was a pekingese puppy um adorable. okay he was adorable british captain john hart dunn said the dog was just so cute so we took it and gave it to Queen Victoria for her, okay. for, for her royal collection of dogs. The queen named her Ludie after how she was acquired. Because she was loot. <laughs> yeah. The saddest part, though. So she's taken in 1860. You can imagine she got to England by 1861-ish because of, you know, travel. Yeah. Ludie was shunned by the queen's other dogs for her quote. This is a quote from the British, by the way. Probably from Victoria's time. The dog's oriental habits and appearance. It's a dog. A dog, a dog does not look racist? Asian. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised that the queen's dogs were racist, that, but I am. I'm so, Well, and also I don't like the word oriental unless it's in regards to a, a piece of rug. The, you know. a direct quote. Yeah. But the dog what? lived at Windsor Castle until she died in 1872. So that dog lived in England for 12 years. And was stolen. That baby puppy. Um, Then, of course, they've stolen all sorts of things. But my point is, and here is where my idea is. Um, Oh, I think I already said, well, my idea was obviously for them to return it, to return their stuff. Yeah. Um, Do you remember what your thoughts were going to be? Because you you started talking at one point and I can't remember. (laughs) I have many thoughts. And I do have them all in order somehow. We'll see if they stay in order when I start talking about them. Okay. What's funny is I was specifically going to, uh, going to talk about like, okay, so what if you're a dog, 
I was specifically going to say that. God, that's- <laughs> you were going to talk about a dog, and they literally stole a dog. They literally stole a dog. Well, because I was like, okay, so let's say your parents stole a dog, okay. right? Yeah. And then, like, ten years pass, you have that dog, your parents die, this is your dog, and someone comes and goes, um, we just figured out what happened, uh, that's our dog. Yeah. Do you return the dog to the original owners? I would let the dog decide. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's, I saw that on an episode of Judge Judy. Ten out of ten decision. See, you know um, what I mean. Um, it's like splitting the baby. Like, I, you I know. Mean, it, see, that's that's all. Though, right? Like, that's not even like because I was thinking of that as like a, something you would bond with, care yeah. about. Yeah. But I am like, look, if that's a if that's a perfectly happy family. And it's a good family, and the dog still is, like, into it, then, like, yeah, take your dog. Like, I'm going to be really sad, but, like, I see you your point. had, like, what, 10 years without your dog? That's Yeah, but I see your point, because you know? you're, like, if if the country that is asking for something back, like, say, say India, you give it back. Because yeah. India is, well, Modi is their prime minister. He's a bit of a dick. But they are somewhat of a stable country. But if right. you've got an unstable area asking for something back, you could say, listen, we want to give it back. This, but, this can be yours in spirit, but uh, we're going to have it for safekeeping. Exactly. Until, but I, I need then the United Nations to agree that, no, we can't return things back to Ukraine right now, for example, because they keep getting <laughs> bombed by Russia. So it's not safe. But, but they own it. Yes. And once things settle down... They can have it back. Like, because we're sorry, we're going to send out a formal apology. If the royal freaking family pushed this forward, Mm -hmm. they could save Grace. Like, they could actually save themselves because they suck. Now, my other one is I have an additional cancellation that would be very funny to do. Oh, do you want to go ahead? Do you want to do it now? Yes. uh, Because I, uh, well, I feel I could bullshit this into a whole episode oh yeah it 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 tacks on very well which is obviously we need to cancel indiana jones you know what was it Uh, because it does not belong in a museum indiana it does not belong in a museum wait they have an indiana jones in a museum no that was indiana jones thing right he was always going into other countries stealing their shit and yelling this belongs in a museum so i recently watched because i was bored and i couldn't think of anything else to watch you know tv's on strike and all that which i fully support um but oh obviously 100 i went back and watched the entirety of the big bang theory and i had never seen it before um, and they have an episode where they talk about, I can't remember, one of the girls basically tells the one of the guys, Indiana Jones isn't necessary for the oh, film. Yeah. Like, the first yeah, no, film? No, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he lends nothing to the plot. Nothing. Exactly. If you were, exactly. Yeah. So, you're right. He should be canceled. I'm sorry, Andy. Love Harrison Ford. But no, Andy, I just think about him, like, right, like, he's, like is is it start of is it start of Raiders where yeah that's the Rolling Rock and it's got uh, oh yeah 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 oh what is that actor's name I love him so much not, um, not Harrison Ford <laughs> no well I love Harrison Ford well too, yeah yeah, yeah yeah um but no I was uh, ooh, ooh no it doesn't matter I'm not gonna try to get it right now but I love him um you know Doc yeah please don't say Sean Connery anyway don't um, say Sean Connery though what no. 
no, Do- no, Doc Ock from Spider-Man. Oh, that guy. Oh, I love him. I know, and I can't remember his name. I, I. I loved him ever since I saw him in Maverick when I was a kid. Like, he's wow. amazing. Anyway, I can't think of his name for some reason, which is... I'll think of it later. It'll come to me. But uh, but anyway, so because he's in that in that starting scene, right? Okay, and, yeah. Uh, he's the one who like won't throw Indiana the whip, right? Throw me the idol. Throw me the whip. Um, and I love uh, that you so remember this. That he's he's stealing this fucking idol, and all of the people who like this is their culture. This is their sacred cave that yeah. he's breaking into yeah. to steal this fucking idol are chasing him and trying to stop him and get the damn thing back. And we're all just like, go, Indiana, you sure did steal that thing. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the voice. I don't know. Go, Indiana, you steal that thing. We had had, uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark on VHS, obviously. obviously. And there was this Diet Coke ad that played before Indiana Jones started that was all Indiana Jones themed. So I watched this Diet Coke ad in my childhood so many times. So many times. Uh, this woman, like, you know, her, her husband, like, asks her to go get him a Diet Coke from the kitchen, which, like, get up and get it yourself. Okay? Right. Anyway, so she goes, and then suddenly, like, the floor splits open, and, like, she's falling, and, like, it maybe it was Last Crusade then if the floor <laughs> split open. And, um... And, you know, then, like, an Indiana Jones lookalike comes and, like, sweeps her up, like, swings across, like, fucking Tarzan and saves her and gets her to the kitchen where they can grab the Diet Coke and gets her back to the living room to give it to her husband. And he's like, that took a while. Like, Wow. Wow. I love your memory. Anyway, so anyway. Anytime we talk about the fucking British Museum, I always think of Indiana Jones just strolling in just with, taking, uh, with just, a bunch of artifacts yeah. he just freshly stole. Like, so, like, you know, I get the argument, but I don't agree with it. The whole, because, like I said with the Homo Naledi, like, they still found them. Mm-hmm. We would have found all yeah. this stuff. There was no need to do all of no. this stealing and not giving it back. No, it's, like, it's a lot of extra shit, yeah. So... My mini cancellation, this mm-hmm. is just a mini gripe, so we'll talk about personal stuff if we want. Um, I have an amazing doctor. Well, I, I see a PNP, so it's a, a nurse practitioner. And I've had mm-hmm. her for years. Like, every time I come to the state, I see her. She's amazing. And she is one of the first doctors who has fully understood PCOS. And you know PCOS, oh. right? Indeed, I do. Yeah. I got diagnosed with PCOS. My, my ovaries also yes so 21 years ago i was diagnosed with what was known as polycystic ovarian disorder and i was like wait a minute what's the difference between a disorder and um a syndrome Syndrome. so i did google that a disorder is a disruption to your regularly bodily regular bodily structure and function a syndrome is a collection of signs and symptoms associated with a specific health related cause which is now why it's PCOS, because it's not just right. our ovaries that are affected. It's also no. our weight. So mm-hmm. PCOS, this comes from WebMD, um, the, the website you go to to find out if you have cancer or not. Um, it, are you outside? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Is it too loud? <laughs> no, no. It hit the wind a little bit. Oh, you got to love it. Anyway, so um, I can't believe we have wind tonight. It's weird. Um so PCOS makes it more difficult for your body to use the hormone insulin, 
which normally helps convert sugars yep. and starches from foods into energy. Um, so we essentially yep. get insulin resistance. Um, it will then high insulin levels increase the production of male hormones called androgens. This will lead to like which body why we get hair hair growth, acne, irregular periods, and weight gain. So yep. I've dealt with this my whole life to the well, more of my life, more of the time I've been alive than dead. Or yeah. No, you know same, what I mean. Same. Yeah, yeah. Um God, that made no sense. Anyway, um, no, uh, you have experienced this more of your life than you haven't. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Um, so I remember when I was first diagnosed, they were like, you have a higher increase of cancer. So I was like, all right, bummer. And then it changed to, we don't know if your body is producing insulin or if it's producing it, it doesn't know what to do with it. And that was when I was 28. I was told that. So they, they're yep. still figuring it out. And now, when you get PCOS, they say one of the best things to do is to do weight loss surgery, which I've done. Um, and now they're talking about putting me on Ozembic or any other type of stuff. And while I'm not... I'm on Munchara. Yeah. So, is it working? Do you like it? Uh, I mean, yeah, it controls my blood sugar just fine. Yeah. PCOS to diabetes, as one does, does. from time to time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely helped. It's... Ugh, it... it because, I mean, obviously, like, there are lifestyle changes you make, yeah. but your body is still wired yes. to just, just retain, retain, retain. Um, so I, I was able to to drop a lot of weight. with. Oh, that's good. And now I'm annoyed because I've been, like, plateaued at the same weight for, like, yeah. six months. But also maintaining is good. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so they're talking about putting me on it only because, like, my weight. And this is something else my nurse practitioner said. She goes, we're now learning that bodies typically just have a weight number. And that's just the number it's, you're always going to be. And I do have my mm. number. I always end up at this number. I'm at that number now and I'm great. But the problem is as you get older, even if you keep your weight low, with mm -hmm. PCOS, you could still end up with diabetes. So I am testing so high on the pre-diabetic range. And of course, Ooh. with the stomach surgery, I can't eat a lot. So my... When I drive around, my snacks are cheese sticks and boiled eggs. Like, I'm a protein yeah. person. But no matter what, if I if I smell chocolate, apparently my, I'm going to get diabetes. So, <laughs> clearly, PCOS is a hot mess. I get an email mm -hmm. from my doctor's office where they go, September, if you didn't know, is PCOS Awareness Month. I'm not going to name the doctor, but they, they say, we would like to invite you to an incredible opportunity to meet and greet with our registered dietitian, whose name I will not throw under the bus. Um, because, I, you know, she's a dietitian, and a dietitian is better than a nutritionist. They, like, go through a lot of, uh, <laughs> a, a lot of schooling. They want to promote health uh -huh. and well-being. And I'm not knocking nutritionists, or dietitians, rather. But uh -huh. they say during PCOS Awareness Month, this person will be sharing information about nutrition-related risks and how PCOS can be managed through a personalized nutrition plan. I have had PCOS for 21 years, or I've had it my whole life, but, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I've only been diagnosed with it. I know damn well yeah. from experience that diet does nothing for PCOS. Absolutely. Like, yeah, no, it really doesn't. Because your body is constantly craving food so you can stay awake. Before my surgery, it was every two hours. If I didn't, I was a raging bitch. So then you get the surgery to help. You? Yes. You? Me. A raging bitch? Me. I can't imagine. I know. I, I just can't imagine. 
Imagine. I'm like literally the nicest. Um, but then the surgery helped it so that I didn't need to eat every two hours and I wasn't a raging bitch before food. So despite that, my body is still going towards insulin resistance. So you sit there and you're like, okay, honey, your diet ideas. And this is a woman. That's why I'm being condescending and calling her honey. If it was a man, I would still be condescending and call him honey. But it's like, honey, listen, listen, Linda, listen. That's my favorite sound. Um, this listen. You can tell me carrots for the rest of my life, and it don't matter. Oh, don't. Those are too high in carbs. Okay, I'll eat celery, and you know what? I will still end up with diabetes in a year. Like, there's just nothing I can do, unless diet drugs or something or and I will probably have to be, my mom went on insulin for a while because she got diabetes she came off of it thankfully but like your body yeah. is hardwired it reminds me of um there was the trainer from the biggest loser the male trainer do you remember Bob okay wow you literally are amazing um he was, I, I had his yoga I had his yoga DVD. I like, love this for you. Um love you, Bob. So. This, this journey is great. But he um was in the gym working out, doing his thing, and he has a freaking heart attack because all four of his arteries <gasps> clogged up. He survived. Holy it. shit. Yeah. So he goes on like the Today Show or Good Morning America, and he's like, What this helped me realize is that despite the fact that I knew we had coronary problems in my family and I still worked out to stay healthy to avoid it, if your genetics say you're going to have a heart attack, you're going to have a damn heart attack. You're going to have a heart attack. So if my genetics say no matter what you do, you will probably end up on with diabetes or on diet drugs the rest of your life, then that's what my body is saying. There's nothing, no diet in the world. So that was just been something that's been... As I've been trying to figure out who to cancel or uncancel for this past week, that has been itching at me. I'm just like so angry because I don't want to cancel dietitians, but I want them to yeah. shut up when it comes to PCOS. Like I've got I've got a mini I've got a mini cancel then because yeah. in my in my teaching reading textbook. Oh honey. Um there was a section in there that was talking about neurodivergence. Okay, so for people who don't know we should say people who don't know, I have left teaching and you're going into teaching. So that's the beauty of this. Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, yes. It has to improve, but I will tell you it's the most rewarding thing you will ever do in your life. I absolutely love all my former students. I miss them with all of my heart. Um, some of them are on my one of my social media accounts and I make sure never to curse on there. Um, but I will say that I have a podcast and there will be cursing. Um, but these kids, like they're, <laughs> they're still so sweet. I've had former graduates come back and tell me just, they're just amazing. Oh. Teaching no, I, is great. No, I mean, you know, you know, I, I've worked with, I've worked with kids yes. for years. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, here's the problem is I'm going to be an excellent teacher. Yes. I'm just terrified to start doing it. I think you're going to, I'll tell you what, because you actually went through like a formal teaching program, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I did not. I went through one of those alternative programs where my first day of teaching was the first day of my job. So yeah, you, yeah, you definitely did like provisional, but, but um, for, and I, I did do my like student teaching separately. Yes. But my point is, is that you've had student teaching and I'll tell you what, well, Oh, we could go off on such a tangent because I would say five years ago, you could do it and it's uh-huh. a breeze. Post COVID kids are so different now. And parents are so Ooh. different now. We'll have to have a conversation about that maybe another time because we're going to go. Yeah, off the air. 
but um, it is, yeah. but, no, but you so would be in amazing. This, in this, my point is, oh, you, I know yeah. I will. I um, love that. I love that. So I know I will. Reading textbook. Okay. Yeah. So tell I me, know I will. tell me about, I know I will. Like a little bit of Alexis. Anyway. I know I will. Okay, so go ahead, uh, no, tell me. No, it had a section in there that basically implied that if you gave students too many accommodations, them for the real world. So, here's my deal. As a teacher, former teacher, and someone who has, the accommodations in schools are a little crazy. I'll t- Let me mm-hmm. take a sip of my drink here. Which, for those listening, it is non-alcoholic diet Mountain Dew. Um, although if there were an alcoholic Mountain Dew, that'd be four loco. Dr. Pepper Zero. Oh, I heard that some good, sh- maybe it was you that told me. With the stra- this is the strawberries and cream. Okay. Legitimately, it's so good. I and heard like, I it was. To my, dad. my dad's like, I don't know. Loved it. Loved it. Who told me about it? Somebody told me, and I don't think it was you. Somebody told me I had to try that flavor. It could be me because I have been raving about it for like three weeks. Maybe, maybe. Okay, so I feel like we're going to go off on this tangent, but I don't care. It's a podcast. I love the podcast where people go off. I'm, I'm not even, my favorite podcast is one called Attitudes, um, and they go off on tangents all the time, <laughs> and I freaking love it. So here's the deal. See, I've been like exclusively listening to like uh, the Atheist Experience oh, yes. and like the line. And uh, when they just go off, it's my favorite. It's Ooh. my favorite thing. And know? another good one for people who go off tangents is a uh, last podcast on the left. Um, oh, I do like last podcast on the left. So yeah, good. they got they got a good one going now. But um, anyway, so uh, accommodations in classrooms. I've had students mm-hmm. who the the accommodation you can take into college is extra time on a test. You can get time and a half. Um, so, but other accommodations you can't take in a college, like testing one-on-one, testing yeah. in a small group. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, if you go to a small college, you would get small group. If you yeah. do have one-on-one accommodations, you should perhaps maybe look into a different way of educating yourself. Although we're going to cancel the college industry, I think, next episode, because I got some, I got some, mm. Oh, girl, I've got so many, I've got so many yeah. articles printed off on that exact topic. Let's do it. Oh yeah. So you don't need college. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, I'm just going to say no, that I agree. as someone I agree. who has a degree, but you don't need it anymore. But yeah, there's, um, accommodations can get ridiculous. I had ones. It was like preferential seating, but mm-hmm. needs to be close to the teacher and can only hear on one side of the head. I had a student Ooh. who couldn't speak English and my accommodation was, whatever you do, don't give him a zero for not doing work. And I'm thinking, yeah, he can't understand it because it's in English. And he yep. speaks, a d- he spoke Russian, by the way. Um, now, oh. don't get me wrong. Schools with funding can help those kids because by the end of the year, he could talk to me. And he could have a few yeah. words. So accommodations are useful. And will they mm-hmm. prepare them for the real world? I don't know. Because the real world keeps changing. Here's the thing. Like, I think that it's so pessimistic to say it won't prepare them. And I do think there's a line between, like, coddling and, uh, like, teaching students how to support themselves. And how to advocate for what is best for them. Exactly. Giving them the supports they need. Right. It's very important not just to throw a bunch of shit at them and not help them understand why it works, how it works 
works. But what they need. The uh, person who wrote that clip or that book or that piece, whatever, <laughs> their point is they are talking about a generation of kids who when you go to high school and you get all these accommodations and then you go to college and you get none, you fail out of college. Guess what though? Yeah. Today's kids can look at college and go, fuck you. Instead, I'm going to go discover myself. I'm going to go work in a hostel. I'm going to go door dash. I'm get- there are so many job yeah. possibilities now and hustles and everyone's side hustling and main hustling. Um, yeah. You don't. So that piece. Yeah, it makes sense. That paragraph, that sentence. But it's not realistic anymore because a kid can go you know what college isn't for me I'm not getting the accommodations I need instead I'm going to do an online degree and I'm going to do just fine and end up with no debt there are exact there are so many options and like if if it were I mean look I regret zero and I am and I'm very grateful for all of it yeah um but like and, I, and the thing is, if I hadn't just finished, like, my master's, I would probably feel more strongly about this because I got to tell you that shiny new degree feels good. It I does. Like it it I does. Like it a lot. But think about it like um, this. You and I went like to – Like, if I just had my bachelor's – Yeah. Working in a field where I got my bachelor's. Yeah. Um, and it's like there, there, there are so many ways to learn and grow. And right now, anything that costs that much money – in, in our economy, yeah. it's, it's just, you're, it's, you're fucked. Well, you and I went to college 15, 18 years ago, and college was different. It was necessary to get forward in life, but you and I both have degrees we're not using. I'm political science yep. and theater, and yeah. we... <laughs> And now kids can leave school, go ahead to Coursera.org, not to like give them free, you know, press here, get a certificate and go work in a field of data analytics and make 90000 a year. So you don't need college. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, if I went to college today, you know what I would get my degree in? Paleoanthropology. Is that going to help me? Am I going to no. go into caves? No, I'm not going to go to caves. But maybe college no, is a great. Chella. Gemma, I was thinking, I was thinking, what about marine biology? See, what a waste. Unless you like swimming. And I don't. <laughs> so. Like, legit. I'm kind of like, low-key, like, can I just get another degree? Can yeah. I just get another degree? But my point is you just don't need any more. But I understood the, the reasoning behind that paragraph or that sentence. But that's, it's just not the reality now. Well, th- thank you. That does, that does help me process that information in a more positive way. Yeah, and it's just because it, it, they had well-meaning ideas, and you're right. When you and I went to school, those I would have thrived with all of the accommodations you could get. But I'm glad I didn't have them because in college, I would have failed out. I would have fizzled. But if I were a kid today, I would want every single damn accommodation, and I am not going to college because I can't afford. It's now almost half a million dollars. With your well, loan also, payments. It's like, it's like you want the most out of whatever education you are getting. Yeah. So it's like you can't just go, oh, well, college, okay, yeah, but I want them to have the most success they can right now, right here. Yeah. But it's like when you go to the office, because you've got your, you had 50 accommodations in high school, you get the same 50 in college, and you get your degree in law or whatever, then you go to the law firm yeah. and they go, 
no, there's no such thing as accommodations in law. You just have to go to court. <laughs> and you're like, but in college. I, I, I'm pretty sure FMLA exists in a lot of industries. 100%. But my point is that I get it, but I'm also kind of sitting there going, I'm going to lose my train of thought. I'm totally losing it. Uh, <laughs> I just... Like, yes, accommodations are necessary. But what's really good about accommodations is that they have meetings every, like, four to six months to reassess. And a lot of times I've Mm -hmm. seen kids with 50 accommodations get down to 10 in a year. So, again, I understand their intent, but it's not the reality because those accommodations help neurodivergent people. Like, you need them. So. I remember we had a kid who needed to bring a service animal to school because she had anxiety. So she brought a dog to school and they put the dog's picture in the yearbook and people were so annoyed. Like, why is this dog? Not the kids. The kids freaking loved it. The parents loved it. It was teachers. And I'm going, guys, this kid needs this dog. And if I could bring my cat to school, I would, but he, he's, but he would knock everything down. So I can't. I know. I know. I've always thought if I could just bring like just one cat. Yeah. Um, and my boss actually briefly, she was fostering kittens oh, and yeah. she brought in the foster kittens. Well, that's just cute. During the day, they had to be bottle fed like around oh. the clock. And so people would go in in the morning and pick up their kitten and they'd take the kitten back to their desk and then they bring cute. them back at feeding time. Yes. See, but I, I didn't see, yes, it's a weird accommodation, but I have mm-hmm. anxiety. So it's like, I get yeah. it. And will that kid be able to bring that dog to college? Yeah, you bet. Because if that dog is a certified service animal to you for anxiety or whatever, you, you don't even have to pay pet rent on an animal that is for you. Nope. So I'm just yep. like, yeah, good good for that kid. I loved that dog. That picture. dog's a medical device. Yes, and, and it's necessary. So accommodations are useful, and being a teacher for six years, more kids need them, and they don't give them. And yeah. I'm like, you don't seem to understand this kid, this kid has problems, and if we don't help them, yeah. then they can't be on equal ground. So we're canceling yeah. that paragraph. <laughs> That's where I am right now. I love that. No, yeah, no, I agree. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, I got I got really inspired. Actually, when I went back to finish my master's, it was like ninety percent because of the the speech professor. Oh no. Do you follow him? Oh, I've on... heard of the speech professor. He's such Uh-oh. man, I he's so nice. <laughs> and he was talking, he was talking about, he's, he's got ADHD. Yeah. Love my heart. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's, he's such, he's such a sweet man. Like I genuinely, I am so happy to parasocially know him. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, was talking about how accommodations and he would just go, Oh, well that just sounds like good pedagogy. And he just, put it into his like classroom framework. Yeah. And then another student would come with a different accommodation. You'd go, Oh, well that's just good pedagogy. And he put it into his classroom framework until the point came where no one had to ask for any accommodations in his class because he just, just did it for all. He, he made them all. He yeah. just did it for everyone. Cause he was like, well, yeah, why do I care? I'm not going to grade you down for late work. Life happens. Shit yeah. happens. It's yeah. fine. I told him there's no penalties. Get me the work. And he, she's like, uh, he, he's like, they, they don't believe me though. 
they'll uh, they'll still be like, okay, but in, I'll get it to you in like two days. And he's like, seriously, take your time. Yeah. You're fine. And they'll still get it to him in like two days. But I heard that. And all of a sudden I knew what I wanted my master's thesis to be on. And it was Ooh. exactly how useful accommodations are nice. in like helping everyone. And especially looking at like, here's the thing. I, as someone who very much has ADHD yeah. and I'm very, very curious about autism testing that's on the horizon somewhere, but <laughs> I very much have ADHD and I didn't know that until I was 34. Six. Yeah. 30, 36, 37. Was it just this last year? I might have been 30, 36, I think, is when I was diagnosed with ADHD. So just thinking back at how useful, like if if there were like fuck, fuck individual accommodations in general. Yeah. I just want everything to just be more inclusive and accommodating. Like, why not just start from a base level of of everyone? being a, a having the best chance that they have yeah. like you shouldn't need because the problem is you do need a diagnosis to get those accommodations yeah um and it's like so yeah. for students who don't have that then what if you can't tell if your student is struggling and needs a little more time on their tests so i yeah the test timing thing is ridiculous that should never be a thing um i think they should also get rid i i t- okay as a, as Can a, we cancel standardized testing one week? Yeah, I think that should come up. Uh, so we could go on for hours about education, which is crazy. We really could. But we'll have to, you know, stop here. I think we should just do an independent. We'll do an independent closing and then we uh, started sounding the craziest and just put in the closing right there. Right. There. No, I think this is all good um, because now people will uh, <laughs> know who we are if they find us for some reason. And they're going to sit there and go, why aren't they canceling like celebrities? Oh, honey, there are plenty of podcasts to do that. And we will be because it, oh, it looks like the Freemans are going down next week. Uh, but we're also going to cancel <laughs> other things like college debt and medical. I, I want to talk with the, the insurance industry and, and just all sorts of things oh, that, oh my yeah. God, I know who I'm going to cancel. See, isn't that great? I know who I'm going to cancel. I love it. I know who I'm canceling. Um, so today uh, we uncanceled the coffee woman and we canceled. Which she was never canceled. Yes. But I get People's it. misled heart. It's basically people who heard it and thought it was stupid, and we all did. We all and did. Wanna, and, and a full cancellation to tort reform. Yes. And we're canceling the British Empire. Um, as a British yes, person, obviously. I can do that. I'm not canceling all British mm-hmm. people, just just the empire itself. Um, I'm, I'm canceling I'm, the museum. My blood, my blood is British. There you go. I'm canceling the British Museum, obviously. And um, Oh, the British Museum canceled. And I'm canceling dietitians' need to talk about diet when it comes to PCOS because yeah, maybe don't because it's we're we're wired. Um, that's just who we are. So thank you. Well, there's also nothing more insulting than someone explaining to you like what a healthy diet is. Like you're stupid. The amount of times I would see these wonderful doctors, well-meaning doctors, who would say things like, "Have you tried?" wheat bread and i'm like yeah ever since i was eight because my mom went through every single every diet in the world so i do that. have go, you tried wheat bread? i don't yeah. think we ever had white bread in my house yes sir and then it's but maybe skim milk and i'm like well when i do drink milk it is in fact skim um so thanks oh, see, if- see my my ass I, I i love myself now yeah and i drink whole milk you know, and that's great. I will do 2%. But I drink 
I drink Fair Life because it's lower in lactose. And it's so filled with protein. That's a really good one, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not canceling mm-hmm. them. We're not canceling. I mean, I do want to cancel no. the dairy milk industry, but that's a whole different, a whole different thing. Oh, can we talk about the cheese caves? I don't even know what that is, so I can't wait to talk about that next time. We need to do a joint one on the dairy industry. Oh, that'll be so good. Okay, so hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Obviously, we are crazy and go off the handle. And hi, Dad. And hi, Alicia's dad. Um, and uh, we will uh, do another one next week. And who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're gonna do this. So that was fun. Um, I'm talk- very excited to find out why Morgan Freeman is canceled. I can- I, oh well, my I god! I can't I believe. I, I won't don't- look it up. Oh my god! Don't look it up. I can't believe it. All right. So yeah. All up. right. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs>